0: What's up, everyone? I'm Scott.
1: And I'm Amy.
0: And this is Ranked, a podcast where we rank top tens of film, TV, music, and everything in between. And today, we're talking soundtracks. we got the Grammys coming up. so We're going to be hitting a couple, uh, couple music-related episodes here. And um, I'm just going to start off real quick. Uh, you are, what, the biggest hater of award shows? <laughs> so where are you at with the Grammys?
1: Hit me with that right at the beginning, Scott.
0: Right at the beginning. Let's go, Let's get into it. Let's go.
1: It's, yeah, you know, I just, I'm not, I wasn't really raised watching award shows much. And I also, some people are probably going to not like me when I start talking about this, but I I appreciate the art. I think people are great artists. I think they deserve a lot of recognition. But when it comes to the actual shows, I feel like it's this whole judgy perspective of, you know, from that second that they enter. The, within a, like a proximity of what a mile <laughs> they're starting to be tracked by paparazzi and they are nitty-gritty digging on you from your shoes to your clothes to your hair to, do you look drunk are you with it what's going on in your life oh who's this person with you and then it turns into this just i don't know this whole spectacle and then spectacle, by the time you, you actually <laughs> by the time you actually get to the award show you know, I, I think it's great that people get these awards. Um it's just not for me.
2: like I I, yeah. I
1: I like to see people get recognized for their stuff, whether it be in a small award ceremony room or I'm there watching somebody grab their graduation diploma. That's fantastic. <laughs> also, kind of boring. I think the same thing when i when I watch those shows, I don't really find hosts funny that much, and they're supposed to be somebody who's funny, right? Like that's whole that, that's a whole thing, right?
0: You'd hope, sure.
1: <laughs> so I don't usually find them funny. Uh, I watch YouTube clips after of stuff that went down that was pretty crazy, and my whole Google feed will just be full of telling me reviews of who looked good and who didn't and what was going on. I do, I do like. I will say, I do like seeing some of those wild outfits people wear when somebody goes very deep into this is this is my personality this is who i am and i got something wild i do dig that i like that so there's my my long (laughs) hater (laughs) spiel.
0: yeah i mean it's a spectacle for sure i mean i i I definitely i'm a big music fan obviously and uh, you know it's part of why we're doing this especially with film you know the oscar stuff like that i wouldn't i don't i don't i care less for the spectacle and the circus aspect of it but i'm definitely one of those who obviously, again, because we're doing this, love making lists, and I loved, you know, I, I loved the competitiveness of it. I, I always wanted to guess who was going to win the Grammys, who was going to guess who's going to win the, excuse me, the Oscars, and, and that just became the fun of it, and seeing, um, you know, hoping, like, your favorite artist, you know, won an award, and, you know, you check now, I kind of check more for, like, the performances, and I'll catch, you know, I'll catch them afterwards, or, the tough thing is is that most of those shows are three, three and a half hours long and although we sit for three, three and a half hour movies, watching, you know, a, a host that does well, okay, but if they're not, it's it's tough. It's a tough sit. And it can be hard to kind of dig in and really be into it and i think now most of the time especially since most people i i don't think really keep up with don't have cable anymore just everything's streaming unless you're streaming it you're kind of just catching the highlights afterwards right like you're either hitting the perform let me check out my favorite artist that was performing on youtube um you know you might check some interviews you might check you know you see the instagram and the tiktok feeds and that's kind of it that's kind of how people are viewing it but um, you know, one of the biggest things is what we were getting after was the soundtracks and we kind of wanted to do a couple of these that were geared towards, you know, with the Grammys because it is like a notable award season. The Oscars are right after that. So, you know, we're going to be hitting some of these themed um topics with stuff like that going on, but when it comes down to soundtracks and film, what um what do you look for? What do you what do you what do you want out of your soundtracks?
1: So, I kick it a little old school because I like a soundtrack. It makes me think of when I had CDs and I'd hear a really good song on a movie and it would make me go buy the $20 CD to listen to that soundtrack. And sometimes the soundtracks wouldn't have that one song on it. And the rest of the soundtrack was garbage. So, (laughs) you know, other times I'd go buy the CD and be like, holy shit this is fantastic the the entire soundtrack is fantastic even for movies that aren't so good their soundtrack that was written for that movie is fantastic and it makes me like the movie a little bit more because it has at least some decent music to it but yeah i i do i will say um one thing i've really liked about streaming now is that i can start finding those songs rather than being you know Oh, I really like that song. What is it? I can actually go look it up now and start to learn about these artists that before I had no clue who they were or what this song was called. I just knew it was in this movie at this time. So I I, I love being able to do that. I have some playlists that are straight up just movie soundtracks. Yeah, I actually re-listened to my my Spotify list from I think it was 2020, and it was basically all songs from movie soundtracks. So that helped me with this list for today. How about you, Scott? What, what kind of movie soundtracks do you like to l- listen to?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's like there's there's certain soundtracks that I've come back to that, I, I guess, I, I don't know if I'd say they're not from like my favorite movies, because a lot most of these are definitely from movies I love and I've rewatched, you know, a bunch of times. But they're kind of just those ones that you can tell, you know, whether it be, you know, kind of the sound guys and the editors and the filmmakers. There's kind of like a... You get certain directors that just kind of... They're all in on this. It's their decision. Every every sort of song is curated and picked for this scene and that moment. And, you know, the accessibility of getting those soundtracks now, too, especially with streaming, where before, they weren't always the easiest to get. Or, you know, like you said, like there's there's soundtracks that have been released and had multiple volumes. And one volume was the music from the song. The second one they weren't even on in the movie and some were, <laughs> yeah. you know, just kind of, yeah, just kind of like there afterwards. And so I, I, what's nice now is I've, I've kind of, when I've gone back and started either downloading the soundtracks that I love the most, it, if I, if they don't have them or some of these songs aren't available, like through the soundtrack, I just go find the song and just make my own, you know, make my own playlist of this movie. And this, these are the songs from this movie. And I mean, that's the best bet. And that's, those are the best soundtracks are the ones that stick with you. And you can't, you know, you kind of can't hear those songs without thinking of the movie and, your know, particular scenes. And those are the ones I look for. They're the yeah. ones you come back to. And I lo- I, those are the ones I love.
1: I like that you bring up the, you know, how there's that first soundtrack that comes out and then you get that, but wait, there's more. And here yep. comes CD2. And then I feel like it was a good ploy to make people rewatch the movie or You know, before streaming, go buy the DVDs or rent them because there'd be songs I'd hear and I'd be like, I don't ever remember hearing this in the movie. And I would definitely know if this song was in the movie. And I will go back and watch that movie and try to find where that song ever happened. And sometimes it's been, it was a song at the end of the credits that I just didn't watch. And so I never heard the song in the movie because they only played it to go with the credits. It just, it's so silly, but... And yeah, there's times I don't find the song at all in the movie. And I, you know, is it, is that their ploy to get you to go watch the movie again? Or is it, you know, they thought, well, this song kind of sounds like it could have been in the movie. So let's just, let's just throw it on there.
0: Yeah. And I think it's just notable just to mention too, is that, you know, these are definitely going to be, we talked to, there'll be a little bit of gray area, but for the most part, these are soundtracks. These are going to be songs, you know, curated and picked for these movies. You know they're in the movie. They the characters are interacting with them. um, You know as opposed to scores. You know that are going to be you know
2: Mm -hmm.
0: composed and you know they won't. Most of those don't have lyrics and you know stuff like that. So you know that's kind of how we probably built these lists out. You know for the most part is um, yeah. You know those songs curated and picked for these films and yeah. Like I mean that for me that that's really it. When I think of these songs when I think I look down my list it's I can't even think about these songs or you know, come back to these soundtracks and it's like, or if you hear the soundtrack, it's like, I can see the movie. I can see the scenes. I know when that happened. <laughs> I know what that character's doing. And that's the, the best ones do that for you.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely, you know, tried to stay away from anything that was a score as well. Uh, spoil alert for our fans. Some, at some point we're going to do our top 10 scores because Scott and I have a lot of <laughs> film scores that we're really into as well. But I did try to keep them from this for that reason. And focus on those curated songs that people put together or were written specifically for the movie.
0: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) scores will come sooner than later. Um, But yeah, soundtracks, (laughs) top 10. You want to get into it?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, I can kick us off. Yeah, Uh, kick it off. So my number 10 is one of my first cheats, I'm going to call it. And the reason it's a cheat is that it's more than one film soundtrack, but You can't really separate one of these soundtracks from the other and there's so many of these movies now that it just all ebbs and flows into one and minus maybe a couple songs that you can tell were written for a specific movie. They basically just play throughout every single movie at this point. And it's the Fast and Furious soundtracks. I am a Fast and Furious junkie. I have been into that since I was a teenager and I don't know why. It's just one of my guilty pleasures. I I just find it so fun. I find those films ridiculous, adventurous, and fun. And, you know, the the soundtracks themselves, a lot of the songs are really upbeat. And I I really dig that. I listen to the Fast and Furious uh, uh, Spotify playlist when I cook a lot of the time because it has a lot of reggaeton in it too. And my college roommate really got me into reggaeton. And so it just, I think that's why I like these so much is just they have reggaeton in them and they just have this this just fun everything's just so happy upbeat music most of the time and i i just like the beats to cook to to chop to and keeps me going and actually i will say too um when i was at the delta airlines flying to south carolina a few months ago they played a song from the uh from the fast and furious soundtrack And wanted people to guess what the song was. And I was the only person in that airline to guess that song. And I won the prize. So I was very proud of myself. And if it wasn't for the Fast and Furious soundtracks, I would never have won the the Delta Airline prize.
0: Was the Delta prize a cameo in the 79th Fast and the Furious movie? To be (laughs) determined.
1: Well, you know, someday we're going to get to that movie. And if that does happen, maybe they will let me be in it. I'm going to get an adult-sized Barbie Jeep. That would be my plan. And I will race in that Barbie G. No, it was uh it was one of those little freezer things with like a little little bubble. Like you know what I'm talking about? Those little frozen balls that then you can put on your uh achy knees or I use it for my ankle or you know, your neck or anything like mm-hmm. that. So and a pen. I got a delta pen. So those 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 were my prizes. Not a first class ticket or anything. Just I was just proud of myself when I knew this song. And they actually the attendants actually asked me if i looked it up and i'm like i did not look this up that is on Fast and furious movies multiple movies i know this i know this song
0: (laughs) i want to say it was one of the first i want to say it might have been the second or third film in that franchise where it was very it was more hip-hop than anything might have been tokyo i can't remember which one um you know i'm sure we'll maybe even have like a discussion about those films later on uh that would be an yes, interesting <laughs> dynamic <laughs> that might be a yin and yang podcast for us as you could probably sense but uh diminishing hey, returns Scott, here but... there's
1: gonna be there's gonna be 11 uh, yeah 11 movies by the end of it so and actually no because of the Hobbs and shaw spinoff there's even more movies so right now there are 11 movies out with Hobbs and shaw there's supposed to be another Hobbs and shaw and then there's another fast x part two so that's already 13 movies, Scott. If I did my math right, I think I did. 11 plus two. Yes, 13 movies.
2: People
0: so can't hear me can shaking totally my head.
2: Do this. <laughs>
0: we'll I'm going to hold there. you to
1: this one, Scott. Well, We're doing yeah, this. We'll
0: get, that, might, that one will be fun just to do. Maybe we'll have to do it when, like, what is it? The Fast X Part Two. I just, like, good God.
1: Yeah, I mean, so th- I think the first two movies had a little bit more, um, more rap and hip hop and everything in them they because they had actual artists in those movies so ja rule was in the first one so i think he did a lot of the songs for the first movie and then Ludacris has been in two through now yep and he did a lot of the soundtrack for too fast too furious
2: so yeah there you go that's probably i think think those are the
1: ones where where it has it yeah and then it kind of transitions over into just like fun bouncy music what a pick I know. Did I shock you with that one? Were you expecting that?
0: Was was not. I'm glad you're standing on it, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, in case you're new to listening to our podcast, too, Scott and I do not share our lists ahead of time. We like to be just a surprised, so sometimes yeah. we are indeed surprised with what the other one picks.
0: That's a, yeah, that's, not a, would not have guessed that at all. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks.
1: <laughs> what was your number 10, um, Scott?
0: Man, well, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna pretty much go to the opposite end of the world as from Fast and the Furious soundtracks. Um, My number ten is from uh, a pretty famous Chinese director Wong Kar Wai. His movie Chungking Express. It's a 1994 kind of comedy crime movie, Um, and it famously doesn't have a lot of music. It's a pretty sparse soundtrack. But what it does have. Is kind of a recurring motif throughout the film with the mamas and the papas, um, California dreaming. And that kind of plays multiple times throughout the film to highlight funny moments, drama, the crime elements to kind of highlight like the wonderment that, you know, one of the main characters, uh, Faye Wong, her, her main character, kind of what she's going through and, um, yeah, and the other one is uh, What a Difference a Day Makes by Dina Washington kind of plays. And there's just, it kind of has this like, almost like kind of fuzzy screened, kind of wandery, dreamy aspect to it, which, you know, his films kind of do, but there's just not a lot of music. There's even Faye Wong covers um, The Cranberry's Dreams as a Cantonese cover. And it's wonderful. Oh, really? It really, Yeah, it really works for the movie. And, you know, there's like these kind of just flowy scenes. I think it even plays. It's like there's this flowy scene where she's kind of cleaning. Um, Tony Lung's character's apartment and it's just very dreamy and it's kind of hazy and huh. it, you know, it's in it's from obviously I, you know, it's from 1994. So like a lot of that music and the way it's played and how it's used really shows. It just kind of highlights. you know what year you're in, you know, what kind of film it is. Um, And there's a great line that I took actually from the movie, which I love. And Tony Lung's character, he's talking to Faye uh, Wong's character and, uh, little snack bar diner type of thing. And um he says, uh, do you like loud music? And she says yes. And um she says, uh, the louder the better, then I don't have to think. And that's like Hmm. pretty much my life's motto for music. (laughs) Louder the better. Don't have to think, don't have to hear people. Yeah. Um but yeah I like like... live music. (laughs) I don't want to talk to anybody. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Um but yeah I love this movie. I love Wong Kar Wai's films, um, and, then, and like I said, this is just like it's not a ton of music, but the way it's used is more of like a motif. It's mm-hmm. especially the uh, like I said, the California Dream, and it's used. I, I I didn't get a good count, but it's quite a bit throughout the movie. Where I I'd say that I say that could be like a little bit of an acquired taste. If you watch the film, you could kind of see people being like, "Oh my god!" Like they just keep going back to this like one song, but the way it's used is perfect. So that's uh, that's my number ten, Chungking Express. Great movie, great soundtrack. Yeah, I'm
1: gonna have to check that movie out now.
0: Excellent, all of his movies are. I love I love him as a director. Mm-hmm. Number nine, what you got?
1: Uh, so number nine, Fast uh, and the Furious thirty eight. <laughs> no, I combined them all into one. Scott, all Fast and Furious were number ten.
0: That's Don't, right. Th- my they bad. won't reappear. That's, i got you thank thank you thank goodness
1: yeah you're welcome for that too i didn't just do a whole top <laughs> 10 of the Fast and
0: furious t- just soundtrack. 10 fast and the furious soundtracks
1: <laughs> yeah, that'd be a short bot. Uh, yeah <laughs> um so my number nine uh is a movie i loved from the 90s and so my uh my brothers are much older than me my brothers are 18 and 20 years older than me so they were introducing me to a lot of music from the 80s that were a lot of the hair bands and rock and roll most of the time. So, you know, I got really into that at a young age. And this movie soundtrack is Wayne's World.
2: Hell I yeah. think
1: the music in Wayne's World is just fantastic. It, awesome. It's all the great hair band songs playing. I love the ballroom blitz thrown yep. into the whole mix of it. That is just amazing. Um, and I, I fell in love with that song, too. So <laughs> it's just, it, it's it's a great, great movie. The, the Bohemian Rhapsody in the car just fits so well. And then when he rolls up and asks for uh, the Grey Poupon, and you can hear in the next car this like fancy, I think it was a Rolls Royce, you just hear this very classical music coming out of the, this old rich person's car compared to th- this little... The, the little uh <laughs> little blue bunny mobile. <laughs> it's just yep. this little tiny thing and they're just blasting bohemian rhapsody all headbanging throughout throughout uh, parts of it and you know getting to meet alice cooper and yeah it's just fun i mean the wayne's world 2 soundtrack I gotta give it props too but wayne's world 1 for me is is just fantastic i i, I like everything about it
0: yeah, that's a great pick, and that's kind of what we were talking about at the beginning too. Like, that's one of those ones that I mean, you talk about iconic. Like, there's like three or four scenes in Wayne's World that you hear those songs. It's like you're thinking of Wayne's World. Jim, you know, was oh, it yeah. Jimi Hendrix, Foxy Lady?
1: Yes. You're, yeah, I love that part. It's so. You're funny. just like,
0: yeah, you you get. There's so many of those moments, and I mean that. How many movies? You know, some movies that have like the really, really kind of that had become iconic, but like that's got like multiple versions of that in one movie. So yeah great hair band tracks that's a good one i love that's just such a great movie
1: yeah even just all the musical references they do uh like stairway to heaven and everything (laughs) and yeah uh no entry and you know uh talking about all the guitars and it's just yeah and and that crucial taunton band in it i always when i was a kid was like oh this is my favorite band even though you know really real <laughs>
2: but yeah
1: it was cool at the time <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's uh, d- those are <laughs> um those are just uh those are really like of its time too and those are when like the soundtracks become basically like extra character in the movie they're not just songs picked for a movie you know um
1: oh yeah for sure it's just it was great
0: um all right my number 9 this is this is uh this is why we're doing this podcast is 1989 batman Prince.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> um, this is just some weird shit, and I love it. There's so much. There's so many gems with just, just the fact that Prince did a Batman soundtrack. It's just crazy. But when you watch this movie and you think of, you know, Jack Nicholson's comically Jack Nicholson Joker um, purpled oh, yeah. out, who else would do the music but the purple one? And <laughs> Tim Burton famously you know, had said that it kind of ruined Prince for him a little bit, because he just, he loved Prince, he loved his music, but this whole process of how he got to do the soundtrack, and it basically became a Prince album, um, it kind of soured on a little bit on how he heard Prince music going forward, and, um, you know, obviously Danny Elfman, who, you know, did this credible score, you know, didn't, like it at all like he was not thrilled. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to work against Prince music while trying to make a score. But it's just great like dance synth pop. It's classic 80s um you know the the party man and trust, you know, within the museum, you know, when you got Prince blaring on the on the boombox and the purple coated goons and it's just it's it's hysterical and it's just, it's just over the top and it's quirky. And I think it's hit or miss because I think a lot of people are like, don't like it. And then a lot of people are like, this is great. It, It gives Batman 89 being the fact that it is very gray and gothic and dark, but it gives that kind of that comic cartoonish feel without being like Batman and Robin or Batman forever, Joel Schumacher cartoonish, which was just horrendous. So it's like this gave it that little bit of like color and poppy funk and weirdness to go with Jack Nicholson, basically who's being Jack Nicholson as the Joker instead of playing like Heath Ledger's Joker. But yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's great. I Nicholson and Prince too. Like, I mean, at the time, 1989, it's like biggest movie star, biggest artist put them together. And you just got this really funny synth, poppy Prince album in, a dark Tim Burton Batman film, and I love yeah. it. I, I still listen to it because it's great. They're great print song. They just happen to be in Batman.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of of that era too, where somebody does a lot of your soundtrack for you. Like uh you have the those Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Secret of the Ooze, or Vanilla Ice.
2: <laughs> like
0: oh my the, God! The main <laughs> yeah, it's that yeah the other version of that.
1: Yeah, it made me think of that when you were talking about, about this setup for it, about how that was also just, that performance was fantastic in itself.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know, if, if this was one of those versions where Prince made, like, it, there are parts of the film within his songs and these albums, like little vocal snippets and stuff like that, but if it were, like, kind of like a Batman-themed Prince album, it probably wouldn't have worked, but knowing Prince being just a true blue artist that he is was not gonna go in there and make a half ass album of batman noises and you know stuff and just nonsense like he's like this is i'm prince like i'm gonna make this album and i love i mean again we talked we we go back to like you hear songs and you can't think of anything but the movie when you hear party man and trust i think trust is the one that plays during the parade and the famous who he stole my balloons like that you can't i can't hear that song without seeing jack nicholson throwing money and that's just awesome and and it works it just gives it that fun element to the movie that's otherwise not there because it's a dark and cold gray batman film so i love it it's my number nine no, Batman.
1: i, I appreciate <laughs> i appreciate that prince uses real scenes in the movie too there's um you know that song king of wishful thinking you know what i'm talking about
0: oh go west
1: it's kind of yeah yeah that music video it, the song plays in pretty woman but the music video is not Richard Gere and not Julia Roberts. It's just two people randomly dressed to look just like them (laughs) dancing around this, this, I think it was just a white room of some sort. It's it's like a white studio.
0: Yeah, it's really weird. weird.
1: (laughs) And yeah, you know, I'm sure they there's reasons behind it. Maybe they couldn't get rights to use parts of the movie or there's something going on, but yeah, it just is so awkward. They would have been better off just creating their own music video. Yeah, for
2: for sure. Yeah what you all got right,
1: number eight are... all oh, right you're number, number nine eight. no i did number nine. Oh, wayne's that's right world. Wayne's, wayne's world, world. Uh, Yep, yeah,
0: there we go number you're number eight
1: um all right so here come some of my chiefs <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh number
2: <laughs> two i'm
1: gonna belt them in a row here <laughs> but so this one is kind of it's a mix and i call it scary movie mix and when I'm saying scary movie mix, I'm talking about those teen scary movies from back in like 90s, early 2000s era. Uh, well, most mostly teen ones, so like things like The Faculty and Disturbing Behavior. But then also movies which you know wasn't the greatest movie, but Queen of the Damned had a really good soundtrack, and a lot of it is that that grunge, angsty, uh, more more alternative rock, a little bit borderline screamo stuff sometimes but the music to it was just so well done to fit these movies and the scenes and i just remember some of the songs just having that nice eerie feel to them that made me you know it gives you that little suspense that something's coming but it's also this is a really creepy moment going down and i think disturbing behavior and faculty in particular do that super well um i don't know have you seen both those movies scott have you um, about I, these movies?
0: I what say what was the first one that you the mentioned? faculty, definitely the faculty. Yeah,
1: disturbing behavior.
0: That one, I don't, rec- I, I'm <gasps> foggy on that one.
1: Scott, you need to watch disturbing behavior. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this could be one of those movies where, like, I, I used to rent them, you know, five at a time in high school and like have seen like probably 200 movies one time. Yeah, the faculty, I definitely ran back because that's got an incredible <laughs> cast and. That's yeah, that's got some like Terminator stuff coming into it, and yeah, definitely yeah. remember the faculty.
1: Disturbing behavior has uh, James Marsden, Katie Holmes, Nick Stahl. Uh, the the song by Harvey Harvey Danger, Flagpole Sita, was in that movie. Um, and then yeah, otherwise, I definitely have to it, it sounds like that. Got- yeah. Just uh, my favorite song from it is called "Got You Where I Want You." that that song just just where they place all the songs in the in this movie just fits so well. And so I, I call it that that scary movie mix, nineties, two thousands, because they all kind of had that same either eerie value to them or they had a mix of different I, I like some of that alternative hard rock growing up too. So, you know, like corn, disturbed, all that kind of stuff. And you'd hear them playing in those movies a lot. Like like Queen of the Damned has a lot of the singers just doing different songs together rather than the full band and i thought that was really cool too and you can just get variety of versions of these songs like uh the the reboot of dawn of the dead i think it came out in 2003 or 2004 and they take uh down with the sickness i think it was and they, they play it in, in an elevator as elevator music so you have mm. this song that's normally like very very hardcore and you just turn it into this very almost like like rat pack sounding song playing in the elevator while you're going up and down knowing you know and it's it's just fitting for a movie about zombies and how messed up this is about to get um so I, i i don't know i just i i think that whole scary movie genre from 90s 2000s just did it really well so i had to group it as one for my number eight
0: yeah, um, was, I, I gotta ask, Queen of the Dam was another one I think I saw once. Was that the one with Aaliyah?
1: Yeah, I loved Aaliyah growing up. I was, I was a Same. super fan for Aaliyah. Um, definitely taken too soon, super sad. And that, that's the one thing with the movie, too, that they released it in her honor. I don't think they had completely finished all the filming they wanted to do, so the movie ended up not being great, but they wanted to put it out there because of Aaliyah passing. Right, and so I I really love the movie. A lot of it is because of Aaliyah, and she she kills it as as Queen Vampire. She she rocks it.
0: Yeah, definitely. That was I loved Aaliyah way way too soon. There would have had probably a mega career of albums acting. Oh yeah, for sure. So that was a good pick. Well, that was a good three picks. <laughs> Oops, he <laughs> smushed in there. Um, all right, my number eight it's kind of this guy's come up a couple times in some of our short episodes of pods that we've done here um is uh quentin tarantino's once upon a time in hollywood
2: oh
1: yeah i I like that movie
0: anybody that's a tarantino fan is gonna know that all of his movies except for the hateful eight which had a score um all his movies he's just he's no he is so meticulous with his soundtracks um handpicks every single thing you know he's a big guy that likes to leave you know kind of like what martin scorsese does with like he makes notes and this i want this song the song's gonna go here and it's kind of it's just insanely genius to do that because you 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 don't know if you're gonna get songs cleared for your movie but to go after it that way and to see every single scene with a song attached to it in an era specific era is just just brilliant and it's, it's really hard to do um and obviously, this movie is set in the '60s Los Angeles. It's kind of a revisionist of the Sharon Tate Manson murder, um, yeah. as Tar- Tarantino likes to do, especially with Inglorious Bastards. But and every single thing is picked, and um, it's it, the soundtrack has a mixture of jingles and radio commercials that he went back and with his you know um, you know music supervisor editor and they. They made sure that you know when they're in the car and you know Brad Pitt's characters, you know fumbling with the radio and anything like that is like just that specific. There's commercials and jingles that were happening at that time in the '60s that you would have heard, like on the soundtrack. There's a root beer commercial, and just even something as specific as that is just like the detail. And that when and there's other soundtracks that he's done, you know, with you know, I don't want to name them just in case I don't want to step on any of yours. You never know, but you, you listen to his soundtracks, and you're right to the movie. And, you know, they're just, they're perfect fits. This is kind of classic rock and roll, but it's kind of, because it's late 60s, you're catching, like, kind of the end of, like, kind of psychedelic, and then you're creeping into, like, you know, that golden era of, like, rock, and it just captures, like, that very, like, hazy, but, like, noirish crime Mm -hmm. era that was in LA in the late 60s and for him to not only make it that just it's just to make it that noticeable and that specific and have it be around something as big and it was tragic and front page of every news like the Manson murder is just it's just crazy it's like it shouldn't work that well and Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be that kind of just perfect but that's what Tarantino does I mean his soundtracks are on the money every single time. I probably could have picked five different movies he's done in it, but I'm, this was the one that. It might be a little more recency bias because this movie came out in 2019. But I've I've watched this movie a couple times. I've watched his other movies way more. But when I heard this throughout the movie, I was like, "This is like every you." And this isn't even. This isn't even maybe like my favorite genre of music. I go back to, but. Every single note that hit in this movie, I was like, this guy's just got it. Perfect selections. You seen this movie?
1: Yeah. He. Re- oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, Scott, really, when it comes to Tarantino, I know we've talked about doing uh, a ranked of the movies. I think we could also do a rank of the, the soundtracks.
0: We probably could. And once his new movie, the movie, I think uh, tentatively, I think it's called The Movie Critic. And it's, I think it's supposed to come out this year. Supposedly, that's his 10th nice. and final film. And if it does, Hey, that might be a that might be a top 10 Tarantino right in time for that movie release. Yeah, that'd be good game. That'd be tough. That's a hard list.
1: <laughs> well, we know we'd have crossover on that one.
0: <laughs> Definite crossover. The, the, the top like three would be interesting. His 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 movies flip flop for me all the time. It's so that's a hard list.
1: See Scott, you can you can cheat like I do and call a certain genre. You could have had your Tarantino genre and then just, just ranked it in its own genre. I have
0: <laughs> I have eight Tarantino soundtracks as one pick.
1: <laughs> yeah, a <laughs> it works. It's
0: that's right. Yeah, I'm, it's yeah whatever listen, I'm just we want to
1: do, Scott. That's right. That's right.
0: I'm just a simple rule follower over here. I'm just one soundtrack per pick. I'll let you do that.
1: Yeah, I'll keep I'll keep keep up with my uh, Rebel Ways for number seven. <laughs>
0: Oh boy. Seven, what you got?
1: Seven seven is what I call my 90s, 2000s. Notice my theme of like what era I keep going to. Yeah. Yeah. 90, 90s, 2000s teen, like er, teen and early college movies. Those soundtracks are so good. American Pie and American Pie 2, the songs in those movies, that, that whole punk era of everything that punk or punk pop whatever you want to call it it's just it's so fun and it's nostalgic for people who grew up in that time period like me
2: Very. so i just i
1: I love those soundtracks yeah and and you know that was one of those things i really liked a lot of those songs but i didn't know who any of those bands were and you know until i got the soundtracks i wouldn't know who those bands were uh but yeah, I I uh, I noticed when I created a fall playlist once, my fall playlist, I just rewatched the American Pie movies, and it suddenly went from just having spooky music to having all these nostalgic punk songs from my teenage era <laughs> thrown into it. Uh, but yeah, so things like that. The movie Can't Hardly Wait, great soundtrack, and it's all taking place at the same party. So it's this house party music while a band is setting up. And then it switches over to the band and they're playing things like Paradise City and stuff. So, you know, it's, it's super cool. You got 10 Things I Hate About You. There's great music and you have the, the, the actors and actresses, you know, kind of doing little performances throughout it, too. Uh, you know, She's All That soundtrack. Great. You know, it's just it's just that era. Even the movie, um, you've seen the movie Loser before.
0: Oh Jason Biggs and they kind yeah. of did the Minas Uvari, I think, was also in that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they kind it of did almost... like the American Pie Run back. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So so Loser has a great soundtrack and I, I do have a soft spot for the movie Loser. I like the movie Loser a lot. And the the one song by Wheatis, Teenage Dirtbag, that they do in that movie is fantastic. I loved that song growing up. I was a little bit of a of a rebel like I am with my lists. I was a little little rebel growing up Scott. And, you know, that song just resonated with me a lot. But I remember in the music video, I'd get super confused because the movie is set in college, but the music video, they put it back in high school. Mm. And it was, to me, that was super weird. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't make the connection of, I I thought this was college, but it's now it's high school. And. I mean it's cool, it's whatever. you know that's what they want to do for the music video, tie it back to high school. I'm sure it was most of us high schoolers who were watching it anyway. But yeah, I just I, I think that that era of using using the punk song just just played so well. You know, it's it's a time when people, I feel like more people liked that music than would admit to it too, back in the day. Or they were listening to it and they weren't going to let you see what was in their CD player at the time. Because they didn't sure. want you to know they listened to the, the punk or the punk pop because you could be considered a poser because you weren't this or you weren't that. You were listening right. to that that mix of everything. So I call that my 90s, 2000s soundtrack number seven.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, you know, like I said, it's like of its time. And like real quick, like just because I, I just pulled it up just because I wanted to see. So like American Pie alone, Third Eye Blind, Tonic, Blink 182, Sugar Ray, it's like the top three, four songs. I'm like, that's very very of its time and yeah i mean like you know this is why i love soundtracks because i love the ones that are like a tarantino that are carefully curated and then sometimes you need a soundtrack Mm -hmm. i love soundtracks like this where it's like it doesn't need to do anything other than be of its time and fit what that movie is and with like the american pies and like the teen comedies that's what that's what these people would be listening to that's the music that was at that time that's what was that's what people were checking for, and those bands, those those aren't chump bands. Like Blink One Eighty Two is huge. Third Eye Blind was huge. Like that's still it fits, and it's perfect. Apparently, perfect Blink One Eighty Two is coming back. Scott,
1: I learned that last I, week that Blink One Eighty Two is popular with younger people again. Which I, you know, I could see that. If we have any younger listeners, please let me know if that's true because I Gen learned Z this from very big on the nineties. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's great. I mean, bring it all back. I love it. I would love to see those songs spread across all the movies I watch. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, and I gotta say, I gotta lead this right into my number seven, because this is where I, th- I feel like we even though we're, we're probably, we're pretty close in age. Um, our, our upbringings of musical selections is quite different because even though I, you know, was in high school in the late nineties, early two thousands, and those bands were popular. And I remember checking them and, doing my due diligence and you know i like some of those i was born and raised on gangster rap and i still to this day i will never give it up it, hip-hop rap is my favorite genre i just just can't take me out of it and my number seven is um the movie juice from 1992 and i don't Ooh, know if you've seen juice good pick. have you seen juice
1: yes good pick yeah I, i've seen juice long time ago to- but i've seen juice
0: Golden, golden age and era of hip hop. And this really put Tupac on the map as like an actor and just being on fire. And Omar Epps. And I mean, at this time, too, it was 1992. But the best part about this soundtrack, aside from the fact that this is very much a hip hop movie and it was a very of its time and very relevant, um hip hop at this time was going through quite a transition because you were coming out of the eighties of like the origins of the DJing and beatboxing and breakdancing. And it was more fun and it was more party based. And, you know, I, Omar Epps's character in this queue, you know, is, you know, a DJ, he wants to DJ. He wants to cut it up at parties and you, but then you also have naughty by nature and too short, big daddy Kane, Rockem and Eric B. And, but then you had new, a little bit of new Jack swing with Teddy Riley and Tammy Lucas. And, There was this good mesh going on at that time where they were starting to blend the 80s into the 90s. And it was going from that very fun, you know, block party hip hop of Slick Rick and Dougie Fresh into this more urgent, aggressive street hip hop that was Tupac. And him being in this movie was not only perfect for that transition because he was a big part of that, but. His character being just one of the most terrifying villains and characters put on screen. And it's a little tough because when you realize where he, his, kind of how he met his demise and he tragically again killed at a very young age, you, you wonder what part of him personally was in that role.
2: Yeah. But
0: without, and, but, in, you know, and he, his music was very, kind of had that good mix as well. And Eric B. and Rockham's song, Know the Ledge, is just very, pulsating and it, it's just like you, you it makes your ears ring like you can't forget it and, and that's kind of that that song actually becomes Omar Epps's character's kind of motif it's like kicks off the film it, it, it's like in the opening credits Rockham one of the greatest to ever do it you got these like great shots in the opening when that song's playing of like gritty subway New York City streets and it, it's just like it's it's incredible and I've listened to this soundtrack like a hundred times and I probably listened to it before I even like knew it was a soundtrack. You know what I mean? Like when you're starting to come into hip hop and yeah. I'm like 10, 11, 12, like I, I didn't see juice in theaters in 1992. I was like seven. I was like, so I was like six. Like, so I, I had to come with you a little bit later. Luckily I had an older cousin who was six, seven years older than me. That was like, this was his music that late eighties, early nineties. So coming into juice was like, I was like, dude, this is like, I just like, you can't turn it off. I'm like, what is this? It like, incredible, incredible soundtrack.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, that was a great era for rap and hip hop. Like, I, I loved Biggie and Tupac. I would listen to them a lot. Puff Daddy and the Family, really into that. Uh, I loved Busta Rhymes a lot.
0: and, and, and how, I mean, yeah, and, fast?
1: I never knew what he was saying. He could go so fast, but I, I was here for it.
0: Yeah, and that, and that was that was like coming in, the, you know, the '90s. 90s rap is, you know, just very, very well known and considered like the Mm -hmm. golden age of hip hop. It was kind of when it really took off and became more commercial, more noticed, um, bigger budgets, bigger videos, you know, yeah, bigger, more labels, and Juice kind of was like that good hybrid of both. And the Juice soundtrack, like, just kind of shot it to a whole new direction. And being a, you know, 1992, it was like off and running from there. So that's my number seven. Juice.
1: Alright Scott, my number six, I'll go back to following the rules although I'm gonna get a I'm gonna give an an honorary shout out to a second movie that, you know, was kind of similar This one also has a lot of music in it that is nostalgic for me and it's A Night at the Roxbury
2: Did you you just log this on Letterboxd?
1: Yes, I did (laughs)
0: That Movie is an I had, abomination. So I
1: had to. <laughs> so it's it, it's you hilarious. It's soundtrack. hilarious.
0: No, it's it's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. That's a that's a that's uh, a funny. That's a good okay. pick. That's a funny pick. Come on, everybody you did know, that it has head a nodding lot of the, thing.
1: The stuff that yeah, and I still do. Number one, <laughs> but <laughs> it also you know it has stuff that you'd hear on things like jock jams or jock rock. And uh, do you remember Skate Estate, Scott?
0: Unfortunately, yes.
1: <laughs> so for people who are not from our local area, uh, Skate Estate is just a roller skating rink that would have teen nights that most of us who are in middle school, especially, that was our hangout. We would be at Skate Estate. Try, I, I would be on rollerblades. I could actually backwards rollerblade then, so I felt pretty cool when I could go around in reverse to all these different songs they'd play. But it was basically the night of the Roxbury soundtrack <laughs> playing most of the time.
0: Yeah, you'd hear it. you hear it. <laughs> you Jack heard James. it everywhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, you have the notorious, you know, side head weaving song. What is love? They play staying alive in it. Where do you go? You know, it just, it just has. Oh, be my lover, like La-Bouche. you know, that's just Labouche. But, you know, how could you live through the '90s without hearing Labouche play ever? This is your night, disco inferno. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's so good. Everybody hurts. <laughs> like, they just, they just had really great song picks for the different moments in this ridiculous movie. And it just, and, you know, it also, um, so I'm really into dancing. I love to go out dancing. It's something that I find just makes me happy, relaxes me, just to go dance. I dance around my kitchen. I dance when I clean. I dance when I cook. I am just all over the place. And this this is just one of those things where you know they're focused on a nightclub in this. And for me, growing up watching it, I was young, and so I thought that's what I was going to see when I'd go to nightclubs. So I got really excited. So you know, another honorary shout shout out: Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. They also have a great soundtrack, and they they yeah. have that same kind of L.A. nightclub vibe that they go to. And so for me, that's what I thought was going to happen. But then. Scott, I'm, g- I'm gonna kick it again. <laughs> do you remember Empire Club and Teen Nights?
0: <laughs> yeah, you yeah. yeah. I think I went once or <laughs> twice. I, as you might, as you might guess, I was not a nightclub person, a crowd person. Yeah, tough times. Yeah, let's put a teen nightclub so in between an alleyway and just have no supervision. That's good, great times.
1: Well, but it was only Teen Night one night a week,
0: one night and a I week, right? It
1: was just Thursday nights they would do Teen Night. And so I was the first time I ever went. I was super stoked. I'm like, this is going to be like night at the Roxbury. This is going to be like Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. It was none of the above.
0: It was not. <laughs> so it was not. It was like totally musty. Deflated my bubble. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they actually did play Labouche, though. They might have actually played that at the time.
1: Oh. They played yeah oh yeah they played all those songs it was it was the same music it was not the same, same atmosphere yeah. as, same you know, music when, not the when same when vibe when I see these clubs yeah like night at the rock Story clubs that, that was so cool how they did the whole bring the inside to the outside and bring the outside to the inside and just all these different theme things I maybe it's a big city thing I don't consider where we are a big city so maybe that's why I don't really see you know the yeah fun, not that fun big things yeah yeah but. <laughs> Yeah, so that that's my number six, a night at the Roxbury.
0: Shot Will Ferrell out of a cannon and gave maybe a newfound love for Hathaway's <laughs> "What Is Love?" Like I yeah. kind of can't hear that song without thinking a night at the Roxbury. So, I mean, that's ex- exactly what we're talking about.
1: I I don't even think about it, Scott, but I just. End up bobbing my head, still just not not even thinking about it though. I don't I don't realize I'm doing it. I'm like, oh yeah, this song, this is where they do that. I just start doing it, and yeah. I don't realize I'm doing it until somebody points it out to me, and I'm like, oh yeah. And then we have to talk about the movie because you know it's not something everybody's seen.
0: Yeah, fair. I like it. Um, all right, my number six, man. What a, what a swing here from Night at the Roxie Rocks- Night at the Roxbury to. <laughs> The 1972 black exploitation movie, Superfly, Curtis Mayfield's soundtrack. Whoa! I love Curtis Mayfield. Every, I'm a huge Curtis Mayfield fan. Love this movie. Love a lot of the old black exploitation movies. I think they're all a lot of them are super super underrated. Um, Classic kind of soul funk album. I this was this was like a really interesting again one of these kind of like just genius kind of strokes for Curtis Mayfield because the movie is a little ambiguous on how it views drugs and drug dealers and crime and poverty. And it's a lot of those movies, they kind of had a glamorization and then they had always had kind of, you know, you would have the characters where that were against it, but Curtis Mayfield went into this and granted, you know, again, this is 1972, you know, you have civil rights and Curtis Mayfield went into this soundtrack, went to go make these songs and basically said, I'm going to kind of, instead of making the songs that fit what the movie's about, I'm kind of going to make them as like an anti version of what the message is. So he kind of made these songs that were very anti-poverty and anti-drugs. And it truly was a soundtrack for civil rights and kind of more of like black power during the seventies. And you had the Panthers and it was, it was really in direct contrast to what the film was about, which was the drugs and crime and um, kind of like a, Glorification of that stuff in some way It's not very, the movie isn't explicitly Like these people are amazing You know, speaking of like dealers And stuff like that it, But for Curtis Mayfield to do, that's, just, that's just like a great, that's what like great artists do They look and go, you know, I'm going to make these songs That fit this, and they fit this movie, and they fit these characters But it's going to, the messages are going to be The exact opposite of what I'm looking at um, So it kind of ended up being like a pretty Revolutionary album with more of like a Message I didn't really do this for the other soundtracks, but I definitely wanted to highlight um, two of my favorite songs on this are Freddy's Dead and Pusher Man. And I mean, if you listen to some of the songs on this soundtrack, especially Pusher Man, like if you're a hip hop head, if you're a music fan, you're going to notice clips of that. these, These songs have been, this might be one of the most like sampled soundtracks throughout hip hop that have found their ways into other, you know, forums, but I, I, I love this one. I love Curtis Mayfield and just the whole message of Superfly is awesome. It's my number six. Yeah,
1: I really like that. I I haven't seen that film, so I'm gonna have to look that one up and watch it. That sounds awesome.
0: Great movie. Little little different from Night at the Roxbury. Just a touch.
1: You know what? That's okay. I'm very eclectic, Scott. That's right. <laughs> as you can tell, <laughs> we're, we're trying. We're I am trying, all over the place. <laughs> we're trying our best.
0: That is so the best far, part, though. right?
1: Hairbands, bands
0: punk, yeah.
1: indie <laughs> this is the best part
0: seeing which part of our how different these lists are
1: um well then that'll take us into number five where you know i may uh i may have some dislikes for disliking uh the three and a half hour version of the award shows and just wanting the three and a half minute version of the award shows
0: now nah, you're um, not alone in that I-
1: i'm gonna say it though <laughs> Uh, my number five is the soundtrack to Grease 2, the second movie.
0: What a bold choice. And
1: I, I stand by Grease 2 is better than Grease, and I will stand by my feelings towards that. I love this movie. I love this soundtrack. It's, you know, a more musical movie, like the first Grease. Have you seen Grease 2, Scott?
0: I've seen both of them, and I-, I can't even say you're saying two is better than one is controversial, because I think one is horrendous. I'm not a Grease fan at all. Really? I just, I what? don't get it at all. I, it's, it's like comically bad to me.
2: Oh, wow. So, so
0: you can stand strong on Grease 2, because I have no opinion whatsoever, Yay! other than I remember seeing it once and was like, I equally don't like any of these. So you're good to go on that one.
1: Come to the side of the sequel. <laughs> Sometimes the sequel is way better.
0: <laughs> oh man, yeah you you um, might you might you have no, to stand just, strong on that <laughs> opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just it has really catchy songs to it. A, you know, song about bowling called "Let's Bowl," and they're actually bowling, and everybody's dancing around while they're bowling, and it's so fun. And then they're in a sex ed class, and they sing a song about reproduction that's super funny. That. I still think about that song I when I had to take sex ed in high school that song played in my head the entire time I'm having to sit through that class uh there's songs like cool writer and it's Michelle Pfeiffer by the way which I love Michelle Pfeiffer I pretty much love anything she is in she is fantastic she is yeah great actress and one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my entire life
0: yes she is and
1: and yeah, the song, the songs are just catchy. They have really good voices. The movie, again, way better. And they, they, they're more on motorcycles than they are these drag race cars. And it's just, I don't know. I think it's much better. And the soundtrack to it is fantastic. And you know, I have to give an honorary mention not to Greece. Um, But there's another one that, you know, was one of my close calls. And I'll just say it now just because it ties similar to this. It's a musical movie called Cry Baby. Have you seen Cry Baby, Scott, with Johnny Depp?
0: No, no, I haven't.
1: So it's kind of a spoof of Grease. So you might like it. It's a spoof of Grease, but has more of an Elvis vibe to it. Johnny Depp is kind of like this Elvis character. And the songs are really great in that that movie as well. So I, I would recommend checking out crybaby too. And that w- that was a close competitor into this list, but yeah, I have to, I have to give it a shout out. That one is also fantastic. Just w- with the placement of the songs, the, the comedy that goes with it too, that just really draws you into what's happening in the movie and the songs themselves. And the, the connection to both, you know, this is a spoof, but it's also trying to give you a little bit of that, that bad boy Elvis side of it too. And like really combine the eras. pretty cool
0: yeah, so that, yeah that, my that, number
1: five Grease two better than Grease one
0: <laughs> are you gonna have to leave that off a top 10 list in the future of like controversial movie picks or like top 10 this sequel better than the original i don't think i've ever heard anybody um, say a single word about Grease two good or bad it's like the, it's just a forgotten <laughs> well, relic in general
1: you know when we talk about sequels that are better than the original i'm gonna be talking about it you know, some things that are similar, but I'd make more comparisons. So yes, spoiler, that's probably, at least in my close calls, it might may or may not be on the list, but it's definitely, it's, it's going to be in the long list before I, I rank them.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a swing. I, res- I respect it. Similar to the swing that we went from Night at the Roxbury to Superfly, uh, we're going to go from Grease 2 to, again, another big swing here. My number five, I'm just going to say is Goodfellas. And This has become known as like one of the best like soundtracks ever. And it's almost I'm not a fan of when people do this, but because things are great for a reason. I understand that when things get to a point of having like decades and decades of people saying this is amazing, people kind of start relitigating in a way like, oh, yeah, is that good or is that nostalgic or is that whatever? And it's like, no, Goodfellas is like easily one of the best soundtracks ever. And like I have it at number five. I could have it at number one any given day there's some that i'd maybe go back to more but as far as like soundtracks go goodfellas should be in a museum and i mentioned before quentin tarantino but like quentin tarantino doesn't get to be as good as he is at with his music and his movies if martin scorsese doesn't exist martin scorsese is the king of musical selection in film he's a big noted music guy he's obsessed with you know the stones and classic rock and roll he's done a bunch of documentaries um You know, he just worked with uh, Robbie Robertson on the score for Killers of the Flower Moon. Like, the guy's an encyclopedia of music. And this is one of those examples when he was doing Goodfellas, he he put notes in the script before the movie was even made of just... He conceptualized the whole thing. He's, I want this song. I want the Cream song. I want Layla. And I want this. And every single one is a home run. And this is one of those... This is a perfect example of when you hear... Layla by Derek and the Dominoes, or what most people would say, are you know, Eric Clapton. Anybody else would use the guitar riff from Layla. Anybody else would use the opening, you know, riff of that, or they would use the more rock part in the middle. And, but Scorsese says, no, I'm going to use the piano coda. And it's the part of the movie when it's all falling apart. There's just, you got Layla, you got Tony Bennett's Rags to Riches blaring in the opening, you got mm-hmm. Sunshine of Your Love by Cream, which is, Played in the famous scene where Robert De Niro's is taking a drag of a cigarette in slow motion. And he just looks like he's going to kill everybody in this movie. Um, the famous Copacabana tracking shot. That's that movie is famous for when Ray Liotta walks um, into the Copa with Lorraine Bracco and it's a continual tracking shot and it's got, you know, uh, and then he kissed me by the crystals and those songs and those scenes wouldn't be as famous and, popular as they are if it's not for those songs it's, it'd be very easy for somebody to take a movie and just pick these songs out and say oh this is this era and I'm going to pick that song because that's popular I'm going to pick that one because that's famous and it just doesn't work that way there's been plenty of movies that have done that and they suck they're, they're not nobody remembers them they might look cool they might even sound a little cool but they're not this they're not good fellas um, I, the Donovan Atlantis song when Joe Pesci and De Niro just beating the shit out of Billy Bats in the bar. Anybody else would put a, would have put like a strong rock and roll song in there. we gotta fight it's a fighting kicking scene. This guy's getting the shit kicked out of him. We gotta put this on. He puts Donovan's Atlantis, which is like a great this, you know, Donovan psychedelic band. And Roses are red, Bobby Vinton, when they're in the club. And um Yeah, he, he's just it's just one pick after the next. It's Layla's probably the most famous just because that also plays with this like amazing crane shot coming down and it's, it's going into the freezer and you see the stiff body and then you start pe- oh, seeing yeah. people turn up dead in the trash. And yeah. that's not that song or that scene with, without each other. And Scorsese just does it perfectly. Everything is placed for mood, for character. And it's just Harry Nilsson's uh, jumping into the fire plays. I think towards the end of the movie, when it's just sporadic and it's just delivery. Leo is coked out and he's paranoid. It's all of that is textbook, and it's why this soundtrack is considered one of the best ever. Scorsese's the master at it.
1: Yeah, I was looking it up while you were talking about it too, and there's more than 40 songs listed.
0: It's a deep soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. I, and- whenever
1: I think of that movie, it's always, ain't that a kick in the head? That always is the song that sticks out to me. Just like I feel like that just is the whole movie. It's just a big old kick in the head. Ironically, yeah, you could,
0: yeah, you could go, you could go down those songs, and I think, I think, I think, Goodfellas is one of the ones where if you try to like look that up, the soundtrack, I think when it was released, physically or even digitally, some are like not available, and then some was like it was pared down to like twelve or fifteen songs. But this is one of the ones where I actually just made a playlist on my phone of Goodfellas, and I picked every single song that was in this movie, and I listened to it regularly. And that, that's what these soundtracks should do. You come back to them time and time again. So that's my number five. Good fellas. Yeah. Marty, we did it.
1: Good pick. So, all right, this is my last cheat. Okay? Sure thing. Last cheat, Scott. Then I'll follow the <laughs> rules for the top three. But my number four is the soundtracks to the Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2, the Tobey Maguire movies that came out in the early 2000s. And this... You know, it wasn't the first time, but it was one of the first times where I listened to a whole soundtrack and was like, damn, that was good. The whole soundtrack is fantastic. And you have songs from, you know, some of those, those punk bands I really like, like Sum 41. But you got songs from The Strokes, Theory of a the Deadman, Macy Gray. You have Chad Kroger uh, singing a song called Hero, which was a great song in, in the first, first one. And I combine them because both soundtracks are equally as good to each other. I couldn't pick one over the other. And that's I feel like that's a rarity to have the entire soundtracks be as good as they are. There's some Danny Elfman songs in Spider-Man too, <laughs> But yeah, it's just it's, it's a great lineup. Yeah. Um, the, the second one has songs from, you know, like uh, Hoobastank and Dashboard Confessional yellow card getting a little bit over into that territory but they, the ataris uh but it was it was just great songs um, taking back sunday i heard a song by them on spider-man 2 which then really got me into taking back sunday and i started listening to all their albums so i i just think the these two movies are a rarity where just the entire album is great to me and i could listen to them i still listen to them to this day and you know i started when, when we were planning for this episode I found a Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man playlist. And so there there's new animated movies into the Spider-Verse and across the, across the Spider-Verse. Those are also fantastic movies in themselves. But I started listening to some of those soundtracks and I don't know them well enough to really speak on them. But I think, I think they're great songs for this era and it's actually getting me into some newer songs, Scott. So maybe next year I'm going to have songs. <laughs> for the right the right year not not your top
0: 10 of 2024 (laughs) start making a list
1: yeah but yeah it just so so i I will give props to into the spider-verse and across the spider-verse as well you know i'm gonna gonna listen to them a little bit more but it's it's another thing that's really nice with these first two spider-man movies and these last two spider-man movies is the songs are really connected to the time too like a lot of this kind of punk punk pop alternative indie rock stuff was getting really big in the early 2000s and now you have a lot more people getting into more of that electronic music again and just the music that you hear in into the spider verse and across the spider verse is so fitting for you know what they're going through they're going across the spider verse so the music's going to be its own kind of web of craziness and so yeah, I'm 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 digging it. I'm it's getting me into some newer music. You should be proud. I thought you'd be proud, so I was excited to tell you that. But that's why it's a cheat too.
0: <laughs> new music, new list. But yeah, n-
1: number four. <laughs> and number four is Spider Man One and Two, the the Tobey Maguire Spider Man movies.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I as you know, I mean, I I was not a Spider Man guy, but uh, because we're obviously Batman fanatics, I don't go too much into the superhero world, but. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check those out. Because like I said, like, I I mean, that's the time when that was coming of age year. So I mean, yeah, a lot of those bands, you're just they're relevant to the time. And, you, you know, you could you could very much those type of movies, you could kind of, that probably is one of the best things about anybody that's making a, I guess, a superhero type of movie or a blockbuster like that. Is you, they're not a specific time. It's like you can kind of do what you want with the music. So it kind of opens it up yeah. to where you can really kind of get creative with it. So yeah, and that's pretty cool. I mean, that's like I said, those you raffle off those bands. That's, very on the nose for for those those years
1: what, what hit your number four scott go the total opposite direction please
0: i i am i am i'm, I'm <laughs> pretty much going the opposite direction for every single one um so my number four is um the soundtrack to the movie dead presidents the hughes brothers film from 1995 great kind of wow crime yeah, caper that's... vietnam movie yeah. this this i will say that like The Hughes brothers, they're they're not really out and about anymore. They're still doing some stuff, but in the early nineties, they were coming off of Menace to Society, which is just an all-time classic, and they came into Dead Presidents. And as a film, it kind of just misses being like kind of their classic movie because it was just bold, it was ambitious. Is you know, Lorenz Tate, you know, coming back off of Menace to Society, and it's like it told a great story about this guy, you know, back in like late 60s early 70s like a you know vietnam and what that meant for like a black american and and enlisting in a war that was you know incredibly problematic and controversial especially within the black community and you had you know the black liberation army and the panthers and you had these contentious relationships with law enforcement and um and uh, this film really tried to hit on all those things and it it was it was a big swing and I, i love this movie and a big part of what made this movie very just. Recognizable and just really fit was the music and the Hughes brothers. Obviously, at this time in 1995, they could have said, "You know what? Yeah, this is a Vietnam movie. It's a war movie. It's a crime movie. There's a heist at the end of the movie." Mm -hmm. And they could have just said, "You know what? I'm going to do hip hop. This this would be the obvious choice, right?" To you, and the music that they picked was all R and B, funk, and soul from the 70s. It was Isaac Hayes, it was James Brown, it was Aretha Franklin and the Dramatics, and you could look at that and say. Uh, that could, That's kind of obvious, right? Like, it, because of when the movie is set. Like I said, anybody else, though, at this time, they're going to take that cast of characters, Bokeem Woodbine, Chris Tucker, and, you know, Keith David, they're going to take that and they're going to say, this is 1995. So let's just, you know, who, who do we got? Biggie, Tupac, uh, Snoop. Like, you could have threw, it could have been nothing but public enemy and East Coast hip hop artists. And it might have worked and it would have been propulsive and it would have been kind of like. The yin, the yin to the yang of like when the movie was set, but making it where it is all about the soul music and the funk music and that classic R and B and Al Green and that made the movie. It really puts you right into this time frame, which was very tumultuous and and a lot of that music was came from trauma and bad situations and th- th- having those artists in this to reflect what this character's going through was perfect and um you know it captured all of it civil rights vietnam drugs the liberation movement our guy danny elfman actually did the score for this movie um oh wow and the dead president's theme i will say although you know obviously he he it was original piece of music from danny elfman you listen to the da- the dead president's theme and it's just haunting and it's terrifying
2: mm-hmm.
0: um and it's just great and the there's a kind of like a really tough scene towards the end where Chris Tucker's character overdoses and the police bust in on his apartment and Needle's still stuck in his arm and it's just Al Green's tired of being alone playing. And it's like really tragic and it's sad, but it's got that great song. It's kind of got everything. And this was a soundtrack too. I got to know, because we mentioned this earlier, is that there's two volumes. The first volume of the soundtrack came out and I think it was like 12 or 13 songs and it was so popular they released another one. So I think in total it's like 25. Again, really hard and to get. Were all the
1: songs actually in the movie, Scott?
0: <laughs> I think they were. Yeah, I, I think the I think the okay, movie. Mean, cool. Yeah, I, like that. I think they were. They, if not, it was quite a bit. It was it was almost all of them. But this was another one. I think I tried to find on um, streaming and just couldn't find it. Just went and got all the songs and made my own Dead Presidents playlist. So yeah, that's a good one. That's kind of wouldn't say a cheap, but that's that's a double soundtrack. So a little <laughs> little bit. Well, yeah, it's my number four um, yeah. dead presence. I'm getting you
1: to cross into the rebel, the rebel side, Scott.
0: I don't, th- I don't think I have any more crosses. We'll see.
1: <laughs> number three. Number three. What you got? So, uh, I like to dance again. I love dancing. I love dance movies about dancing. Movies about dancing tend to be if I'm in a crummy mood, watching those make me very happy. And another one. That had a fantastic soundtrack was Dirty Dancing. I sure. think the soundtrack on Dirty Dancing is great. Um, you know, it, the, and the placement of where the songs are too. You know, you you go into this this underground and people are dancing things like like mashed potato <laughs> and stuff from the from the time period. And it was just considered, you know, that music. You don't li- you shouldn't be listening to this. This isn't the proper stuff. And everybody's just dancing all wildly to all these songs. And then patrick swayze sings a song on the soundtrack so how can how can you hate a soundtrack with patrick swayze singing hung uh she's like the wind she's like the wind and then hungry eyes is is a song that i i love that song i think that is a great song big Uh, one from that movie the dance to time of my life you know it's it's great fitting it's it's this you know a a coming of age for this this girl entering womanhood and you know she's never gonna forget that summer ever. Patrick Swayze might, but she's not going to forget it. <laughs> and yeah, I just, it just, I think the songs, this is another one where I can listen to the whole album and I love it. I think the songs are great, but yeah. Dirty Dancing, my number three. Scott, how do you feel about Dirty Dancing?
0: I got great songs. Yeah, great songs. And it's iconic. I mean, how many yeah? people, have, I got to ask, how many times have you tried to recreate the famous, this the scene? You tried to recreate that at all? <laughs> you just you just ever go for um, it at like a wedding or
1: no but i have always wanted to see a bride and groom come out and that's the song that is their that is their wedding song and they are doing the dance I'm, I'm here for it i did try when i was in summer camp as a teenager i would try to get up on one of the logs and do the the dancing they do on the logs i'm clumsy and <laughs> it was a disaster but you know, we didn't have phones with videos on them, so so there's no no existence at this moment in my life except in my head. But yeah, it was uh, it's good. It, yeah, uh, yeah, iconic. I, w- I would love to see it at a wedding. It, if I can be invited to a wedding that a couple is doing this at, I will pay for my own plate <laughs> to come to come and see this.
0: <laughs> good pick, iconic. Yeah, I mean everybody knows that scene. The music just through and through.
1: Yeah. Well, then Black Eyed Peeds did a remix of it, too. So that, you know, sticks to it, too. All
0: right. Number three. My number three.
1: Number three, Scott.
0: This is for uh, late middle school, early high school me. And it's. Oh, uh, this is this is uh, in, in my rap era. This is the movie Belly from 1998. Hype Williams. Oh, yeah. When I tell you that this movie was on like an endless loop in my house from like 1998 till 2004 it was never off and the soundtrack was incredible hip-hop at that time um you had everybody from Irv Gotti, Swiss Beats, Trackmasters, Dame Grease producing you had Jay-Z you had Method Man, Nas, DMX everybody you could think of was on this early Maya with an R&B song on here I it for this time and when I was just you couldn't, hip hop was any, you couldn't go anywhere without hearing it. And, um, I love that this was also Hype Williams, only movie he directed. And I'm kind of glad because it, it's not a, it's, it's become a cult classic and it's, it's just beautifully shot. And the music is just completely perfect because of the fact that the movie is starring DMX and Nas and Method Man and mm-hmm. all these just who's who of 90s, 2000s iconic rappers and, um the you know soul to soul it's got the great intro song with the black lights with the shootout and the first opening you know scene of the nightclub and it's like you can't i can't even when i hear soul to soul and that like acapella opening up it's like and that's also one of the only songs i think on the soundtrack that's like it's not on the soundtrack like they didn't put that on there (laughs) the soundtrack is pretty much just all rap and really nothing more to it than that it's uh that's a real deep personal pick because that was one of the. That might be one of the yeah. first soundtracks that I caught, like while I was, while the movie was out, while it hit me, while I was listening to hip hop, and I was just like, "This is why of course right?" Like this is like why wouldn't I be listening to this? So, yeah, I, I love it. That was that's a that's a cult classic. That's a big pick for uh, you know, for young fourteen to like eighteen year old me, nineteen ninety eight Belly.
1: No, you're hitting me with movies I need to rewatch. I haven't watched a lot of these in a long time. I was, a, I was a pretty big DMX fan, too. I, I like DMX a lot.
0: Great soundtrack. What you got? Number two.
1: Number two. Okay. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So my number two is a cheat, but not a cheat. So I'm not counting it as a cheat. Okay. But you're probably going to hear me talk about this movie and the soundtrack in multiple episodes, because you know what? This is our podcast, and I love this movie. I love the music to this movie. Uh, It is the Batman that was the most recent one released. And so a lot of it is a score, which is why I say this is kind of a cheat. But and, you know, the score really, really takes the most power in the movie for the music. However, there are some song choices for the soundtrack that are also... Really fantastic. And the way that they're placed in the song or in the movie is just so perfect. They you know, they have the Ave Maria. It gets sung you know, during a lot of times when it came to the Riddler being around, so it has this creepy, eerie vibe to it. a song that you don't typically think of as being creepy and eerie, but it, it is now that way. You know, you hear it in a funeral. It, you just you just hear it any any time like that. Uh, you know, the, the Riddler, is around that that's that's his moment but then you have nirvana something in the way that also really focuses on the batman who is trying to figure out his identity in this movie you know who and and what i love about this movie too is you know he's not figuring out his identity as the batman he's figuring out who is bruce wayne and so you know it's it's kind of this whole conflicted thing of you know we keep our personalities we will always change as we grow there's versions of amy that no longer exist but they were a version of her, <laughs> as I talk about myself in the third person. But, you know, sometimes you're standing in your own way to get to the next version. And I just thought that was a great, great song to put in there. You know, and then, and then it just drops a bunch of other songs into the, into the soundtrack that's just, just fitting with it. Um, so while, while the score really powers the movie, the, the song choices for the soundtrack itself were just genius.
0: Yeah, I-, I love this movie. Yeah, I, it's it's great, and I mean, I I was never like a big grunge listener fan, whatever. But when I heard like the drop in this movie, it's no perfect. It just fits. Mm-hmm. It's rainy. It's dark. It's ugly. It's got that grungy just feel, anyways. And yeah, that's a the something in the way one is incredible. I figured yeah. that would be on your list.
1: Oh yeah, it's gonna be on future lists. other lists. I'm um, this yeah the batman will be talked about in multiple episodes everyone so make sure make sure you watch this movie or just listen to me talk about it
0: <laughs> i'm sure I'll, I'll i'll i have some of those i have some of the ones where multiple like a song from a movie that might be on a soundtrack might come up in a different episode yeah we're, we're gonna have some of those you like you know you gotta yeah. you gotta you gotta well, speak I mean, your it's,
1: truth well scott it's, it's cool too because you know we're talking about them in different perspectives so you know talking yeah. about a soundtrack to a movie, one of those songs might be something that we consider in an episode that we talk about needle drops because, yep. you know, it just has that significant moment, but then you're more focused on that moment. So, you know, yeah, like I yeah, it's going to happen multiple times. Yeah, it'll be fun.
2: I, and it's- I mean, this
0: I'll <laughs> that'll lead right into my number two because this might be one that comes up multiple times with just all sorts of different stuff because it's one of my all time favorite movies ever. I've probably seen it 75 times. Definitely saw it way okay. too young. Um, 1997's Boogie Nights, love oh, all time.
1: Yeah, it's the
0: soundtrack. This is one of those dual soundtracks. It was released, and then they released another one a year later. My guy PTA is he takes his cues from Marty. I just absolutely knows how to use music in movies. A lot of his he's been he's been doing a lot more scores. Um, but when he's do, when he's done soundtracks for his films, they're they're perfect. They're they fit the time, they fit the character, they fit the era. And he's just a master yeah. at picking out stuff. Just like Martin, you know, Boogie Nice is, is pretty, this isn't kind of anything new, but Boogie Nice is very famously like PTA's version of what he's familiar with, of like what Martin Scorsese did with Goodfellas. He's very open about it, he's talked about it. He's like, this is my Silicon Valley porn movie about this, these people trying to find families, members, and but it's taken right from the way Scorsese used his music in Goodfellas, and he's very open about it. It's kind of a homage. like, And the opening tracking shot, which kind of mirrors the Copa one from Goodfellas, the open shot here is the emotion's best of your love, and it's perfect. It takes you right to the Hot Tracks, which is like the main hangout. You get every character. You can see Boogie Nights on the marquee, so it's like you're here, you're in this world, The song brings you in. You know you're in the you know you're in the 70s. It's got spill the wine, which is incredible because it's when that plays. It's at Burt Reynolds' character's house, and it's all the pool and people are. It's the sun's out, and this just lovely lady gets up from you know a chair and she flicks a cigarette in the bushes and dives in the water. It's immaculately shot, and that song is like you can't hear anything else but that. She goes underwater. The song yeah. is still playing muffled because it's at the party. She comes up out of the water. The song is still playing. And it's just moments like that. And that's like, that's where anybody else is just going to play like budget cool song at the moment and say, yeah, that works. It's, it's going to be a disco song. It's going to be this. And he's just like, no, like it's carefully, carefully curated to fit that character, that moment. Some other ones I love are just Andrew Gold's uh, Lonely Boy plays when Mark Wahlberg's jumping on the, about to jump into the water off the diving board and Julianne Moore's character's just staring at him. And you can see it's like this mother, this twisted mother son, you know, surrogate thing going on. And it's Charles Wright's Do Your Thing plays when William H. Macy's character, Little Bill, finally has enough and is walking through another tracking shot where he's walking through the, uh, The New Year's Eve party, and this is supposed to be like great happy time. It's the 70s are ending. They're going into the 80s, and he walks all the way to the car. He walks all the way back, shoots and kills his wife and her lover in the room that he catches for like the ninth time of the movie, and smirks at people at the party and blows his head off. And it's just dark, and it's grim, and you're like, the 70s are over. It's now the coked-out 80s. It's paranoia. It's hairband music from there. Sister Christian, Mm Jesse's girl those great songs that are played at the drug dealer's house, like everything is fit for that scene and character in that time. And it's like classic blend of the seventies, that great optimism of hope and, you know, coming out, you know, into the seventies, it's fun, it's rock and roll right into those, <laughs> that dark eighties. And yeah, it just blends, blends it perfectly. And this is another one that I got the playlist on the phone, Boogie Nights. I had to get make sure I had every single song <laughs> that played in the movie and I've listened to it. I pretty much This is one of the ones I put on the top song And I don't shuffle I put it right on Let it play all the way through And when I hear those songs I see the scenes And that's what you want Any great soundtrack to do So that's my number two Boogie Nights All timer
1: Great pick Yeah you're, hit, you're hitting me With another movie I haven't seen in a while Now I need to go back
0: <laughs> But another one Boogie Nights was on Like an endless loop In my house When I was like 15, 16, 17 Probably shouldn't have Watched <laughs> it that young But you know What, what a time okay. to be alive
1: yeah, I mean, you know, I, I have that issue with, with uh, I don't I don't know what age is the appropriate age for kids to watch certain things. You know, like I, I understand it's like, you know, it's up to the parents and everything, too, because mm-hmm. I I grew up with uh, I when I was born, my brother was 18 and he he was going to community college to lived at home. So I was growing up with somebody uh, who was watching a lot of the horror movies and Beavis and Butthead and like all the things I probably shouldn't be watching as a child. But here I was watching all the gory movies and uh, you know all the all the Beavis and Butthead I could.
0: Yeah, and I will say as so, as a as no, a parent <laughs> as a yeah as a parent of a seven year old I there we're into that territory where I play certain movies that I know are like PG PG thirteen but I know the PG thirteen is like a pretty softer version of it. Um, we just watched Kindergarten mm-hmm. Cop the other day, so that was an interesting. A oh. lot of stuff in that movie that hasn't aged well and probably not great for a seven year old, but. That, you know it's that's how that's how you that's how you learn you know you gotta you gotta take some shots here and there so that was my number yeah, two boogie I nights back
1: to my list yeah
0: oh yeah you gotta do it
1: yeah well i have to letterbox it now i mean now that you introduced me to letterbox i feel like i have to rewatch basically everything i haven't watched so now i'm, I'm judging it in this day and age instead of when i originally watched it and i'm sure my rankings are totally different than what they used to be
2: oh for sure for sure
1: But all right, back to soundtracks. This is it, man. This is it. All right, you're one. All right, my number one. We so we have a close friend that listens to the podcast, Scott, a mutual friend who I know has probably been waiting for me to list this one. So I hope they are very excited (laughs) when they hear it hit number one. Um, but it's the soundtrack to the movie Empire Records.
0: I knew you were going to say that.
1: How'd you, you knew that?
0: I what? knew that Empire Records was coming.
1: Of course, yeah. Of course it is. This, Rex this Manning ju-
0: Day? Yeah, I, I see it every year. I see the post every year for Rex Manning Day. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. This actually just came yeah. up. Um, this actually just came up because I won't give away what, we, what it came up for. But I did. Um, I asked the wife about, uh, do you, does she think Empire Records is a, this type of movie? Um, I won't share that. I know that's, I know that's pretty lame to tease that and an say but I don't want to give away the episode. So, <laughs> and, uh, she said yes. <laughs> so even though I didn't really explain it, it is a particular type of movie. Um, but.
1: I know what one you're, t- I know what list you're talking
0: about, Scott. Yeah. I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it away.
1: And as an avid fan of this movie, and also an avid fan of that topic, I will say yes.
0: Yeah. So that, that, that's how it came up. That's how it came up. So I'll let, I'll let you I'll let you go ahead and talk about Empire Records. I had a feeling this would be one of yours.
1: No, I, you know, this one just has to be my number one. It, it's another album. I like the whole album. And this is, this is one where the soundtrack, it, it was one where I'd watch the movie and I'm like, that's a great song. What is this song? And then I'd hear the next one like, oh, this song is so cool. What is this song? I don't know. Most of the artists, I haven't heard of them, but it was so good. And, you know, some of them, some of them are familiar, like there's an ACDC song that gets thrown in there and things like that. So, you know, I knew who ACDC was, but there's a lot of songs uh, that were like, I mean, I knew Gin, Gin Blossoms till I Hear It From You. That was an iconic song in the movie and Cranberry's Liar. I, I like Cranberries a lot, uh, but I never heard of the uh, the Innocence Mission that did Bright as Yellow. Uh, there's a song called Ready, Set, e, Go. Song called "Here It Comes Again." There's the song that plays at the end of it called "Sugar High" with Renee Zellweger performing for her first time up on the roof uh, with with the band and everything. And you know, it just uh, they have video killed the radio star in it, which is so perfect because it's in a record store and it was the movie was coming out at a time where records weren't really as popular at, at the moment. It was all about cassette tapes and CDs and yep. moving away from from the records. So. You just have this iconic thing that, you know, is huge again. People love records. I know locally we have this huge record fair multiple times a year and we have Sound Go Round, which is a whole collection of records and an amazing store in itself. Um, But yeah, this this soundtrack, the the placement of the songs are fantastic. The the people who are in the movie are fantastic. You know, Happy Rex Manning Day will be coming and I will be wearing my Rex Manning Day t-shirt as always and you know being being in a new job too they haven't seen my rex manning day shirt yet so we'll see how many meetings <laughs> i have on rex manning day this year but yeah i just i think this is a great great soundtrack and i i have to hold it as number one
0: gotta stand on that hill yeah i i know i know exactly who and what you're talking about and i it's i the wife had showed me this movie because although I watched way more movies and have owned way more movies than she ever had. Um, <laughs> this was one that I joked was um, this was a movie for the school she went to. I said, this is a, that type of movie. This wasn't one that was on my radar when it was, when I was in high school or it wasn't that like nobody was checking for this around that, at least that I was around. So I came to it late. Um, i mean it's a pretty huge cult classic it's it's out there
1: but it's funny you say that scott and i think it could be an era thing because that was not a movie you talked about liking and not being considered weird i from, oh for sure from i could i could see that yeah,
0: yeah i could see that yeah
1: i was a lot of my mo- movie choices it was very that's pretty weird but a lot of those people also liked a lot of those movies and they just didn't talk about it like i would <laughs>
0: I mean, look. I mean, look at that. That's the jokes on them because all the stuff that was like not cool and weird as shit back then is uh is is super cool. I mean, you said it, vinyls. How many How many years went by where people said, "Eh, "Nope, cassettes and CDs," and now you're the coolest person in the world if you have vinyl. Vinyls like a massive industry again. So there you go. Empire Records lives on.
1: It will forever live on.
0: Great movie. And once
1: a year on Rex Manning Day, it's 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 an iconic watch.
0: Speaking of iconic, my number one. Ooh. Tell us so, this is, so this is the only time I think I kind of cheated, in a way. Um, I, this was also, I, I, I tried so hard not to have two of the same person on my list, um, but there was just no way I could because of the amount of times I've listened to it, how iconic it is, and it's, uh, it's my guy Prince, Purple Rain, 1984. Nice. I, this is one that's kind of a little bit of a cheat because the, this was Prince's sixth studio album and it kind of was a re- little bit of a resurgence for him. Um, it was kind of like a more bigger, synthesized, bolder sound. Uh, he was coming off 1982's 1999 album. And more way more live instrumentation, bigger production. And it fit perfectly with the guy who was going to make a movie called Purple Rain. And went and said, I'm just going to use this as a chance to make my sixth studio album. I-, I just have to, I mean, this is just insane when you think about, at the time... Right? It's the 80s. You're like, Prince is like the biggest artist in the world. And, but looking at it now and seeing how many years removed from some of these just iconic songs are, just on this soundtrack, if you want to call it a soundtrack, because it doubles as an album, and it also kind of tech, it's not a it's not composer stuff, but it technically is a score. It scores the movie. It's, mm-hmm. there is no other music. Like, this is the, this is a, a, unapologetically a Prince movie and soundtrack. And alone, just on this album, you have When Doves Cry. Let's Go Crazy, Darling Nikki, Purple Rain, obviously, I Would Die For You, and Baby I'm a Star. Anybody else. And that's like the greatest album ever made. And for Prince, it's his sixth studio album for a movie. And it won a Grammy for score soundtrack and an Academy Award for score, which is insane. Like, that doesn't happen often. I don't even know how many times that's even happened where it's done both. Um, It's just a great blend of pop, rock, R&B, a New Wave, Electronic. And I think one of the funniest things about this, because again, we're so far removed now from it, but Darling Nikki in this song was, and I'm sure there was others because there used to be a list called the Filthy 15, but Darling Nikki was kind of the song that got you know Tipper Gore so pissed off that Congress decided to say that these albums needed a parental advisory sticker. But that really? speaks to how progressive and kind of, sexually liberated and open Prince was and how fluid he was as a person to say, like, he just didn't care. He was like, this is the music I want to make. And this is, this fits the movie. This is the stuff I want to make. This is an you know, He was known to have worked with a ton of female artists. He wrote for a lot of artists, worked with a lot, Sheena Easton, or Sheila E. Um, these songs were just huge for this movie. And it's like, I, any, I don't even know who else has even, made he's even attempted to make this type of you know film where it's like he's he's starring in it it's his movie he did all the songs most of the time when somebody does that an artist tries to say i'm going to direct this movie i'm going to be the star and i'm going to make them it's a disaster it doesn't work it's usually like it's a decent movie and a bad soundtrack or it's like good music but like you can't act or direct it's and he hit he hit a grand slam he hit every single one of them um i've listened to this a hundred times i mean who hasn't listened to these songs over the years numerous times. So, yeah, I had to go with uh, my guy from Paisley Park, Prince, Purple Rain.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's a great pick, Scott. I mean, Prince, it's one of my favorite things about him is that he was always just real. Prince. Real. That's, this, is who, this is who he is. Take it. And, you know, even I feel like even in some of those, you know, like a lot of the an- animated comedies that make fun of different celebrities, they always just made Prince cool. They never made fun of Prince.
0: No, they made him cool. Yeah, that was the joke was on how cool he was. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's the thing. Like in Purple Rain 2 is like everybody has listened to that, whether they love it, or they don't like it. I kind of don't even want to know people that don't like it because I don't even know how that's possible. But <laughs> but yeah, you can't go wrong. So there there it is. There's a number one. You should we uh, should we uh, recap? You want to well, re- recap all calls, 13 Scott? of your Fast and Furiouses? <laughs> I did have some close calls. Um, I didn't have that many. I was only going to name a couple just because it was like, you know, soundtracks are a little bit different. You want to make sure they're really like they hit home. But one that was really hard to leave off was Do the Right Thing, Spike Lee's 1989 classic. Another one that was great, Public Enemy, hip hop, just really of the time. Um, And then the only other ones I really put were another Tarantino was Pulp Fiction, iconic Tarantino. We mentioned Ooh, yeah. that Um, Cameron Crowe's. Iconic, almost famous. That's I just i me mean, like that soundtrack, smash hits. And then uh one of my favorites was the movie Friday. Great mixture of like kind of soul, funk, RB, hip-hop.
1: Yeah, you know, with given you Chris I mean, Tucker given your last and, list, Scott, I'm surprised it didn't make it.
0: I you know, I had Belly. I was representing for Belly, and I was representing for Juice. And I've definitely listened to those more than Friday, so I was like, uh, eh, you know, they can't all make the list.
1: Yeah, I mean, so I had some close calls and it was either, you know, the soundtrack had some good songs to it and then some that were eh. Or, you know, it just had a good soundtrack, but it didn't really, it didn't always fit the movie itself. Or it's just, you know, it it was good and it just came close. So the ones that were, that I did really enjoy that came close to getting into the list that fit with everything else are The Watchmen. I do really like that soundtrack and how everything's placed in that movie. And Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I think that is a great movie. I've been watching through the animated series. And yeah, the music is just great. Um, Another then... recently
0: <laughs> logged on Letterbox.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're getting all my, fo- my, my follows. <laughs> um, you know, I'd also, I have to kick it back to Space Jam space jam had a sure. really cool soundtrack um and as much as this movie isn't great uh i i am a sucker for the soundtrack batman forever i know scott i know but- no that's that's <laughs> got
0: some bangers on it i'll give you that yeah, yeah 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 that's a good one it's better probably better than the movie
1: <laughs> all right so my top 10 fast and furious movies just kidding <laughs> my uh Top 10 soundtracks uh, include the compilation of the Fast and Furious movies as number 10. Number nine was Wayne's World. Uh, Number eight was the 90s, 2000s scary movie, uh, teen scary movie combo. And then seven was the 90s, early 2000s teen movies themselves. Uh, Six was A Night at the Roxbury. Five was Grease 2. Four was Spider-Man 1 and 2. Three is Dirty Dancing, two is The Batman, and one is Empire Records.
0: Solid. All right, my number 10 was King Express. Uh, Number nine was Batman, Prince's Batman. Uh, Number eight was uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Number seven was Juice. Number six was Superfly. Number five was Goodfellas. Number four, Dead Presidents. Number three, Belly. Number two, Boogie Nights. And number one. Prince, Purple Rain, so top ten soundtracks. I was actually thinking that Batman was going to be our crossover. Eighty nine.
1: Well, I had the Batman, but no, I will give it to you. That's that's a good one. Yeah.
0: I thought that might be the one. So that's kind of cool, though. We didn't have any crossover there.
1: Yeah, I've noticed that our music's our music ones tend to not have the crossover like our movies ones do, and for some reason our movie ones it's always two and they're always in the same space. Same, yeah,
0: ranking. same, same
2: position. <laughs> yep. Yeah all right well, that's, all right, well uh, we did our top up.
1: 10 soundtracks yeah uh you know if you want to follow us on instagram we do have an instagram account ranked the podcast you can listen to our podcast anywhere you get podcasts if you need to catch up on our past episodes this was episode four and scott do you want to share anything about what's to come in the near future
0: yeah i mean i i think we we talked we we said really on uh, in the beginning here that we were going to kind of keep them more themed so we're going to have a couple around um you know super bowl might have something popping up there we might have something popping up you know in uh february for valentine's day maybe not what you'd expect um got some stuff coming up in march for you know some uh some themes there uh you don't want to spoil too much but yeah i mean we're just going to kind of keep them relevant to what's going on
1: awesome thanks scott
0: thanks we'll catch you guys on the next one this is ranked